a Podcast One production. Hi, I'm Nat Kringudis. And I'm Cecilia Ramsdale. Welcome to The Wellness Collective, a podcast where we invite you to be part of our wellness community to share, learn and live better. Cecilia, we're back with another episode. Hello, lovely to see you. Oh, you too, yes. And we are in the one studio all together, <laughs> trying to make it work. We're, we're, our, our distance is social and we're fine and we've alcoholed everything in sight because, of course, we are in the midst of coronavirus <laughs> mayhem as we record. But mm-hmm. that's okay because we're here today to try and focus on things that are going on in our life that aren't associated with this necessarily, but to touch on some stuff that makes you feel like, you know, we are still normal. Let's not lose our minds here. Absolutely. I put a post up yesterday with tools about what you can speak about other than yes. crisis uh-huh. because it makes it, it's very difficult to find something else to talk about. It's funny too, but I think it's one of these situations where when something is out of our control, we need to speak it through to make sense of it. But when there's conflicting information coming from every which way, you're talking about that and all the conflicting information and trying to process it all, you do get to a point where saturation hits and you think, yep. What else did you have to talk about? Like mm, what's growing in your garden? (laughs) I think the problem is it's like, oh, we booked a trip away in two weeks' time. Yeah, well, you're not going. Um, (laughs) Oh, but such and such is wedding. Had a great note. Didn't go. So it's like, (laughs) it's like, okay, so can we talk about what are you watching on television at the moment? What's your favourite recipe that you've been making? These are the ideas I came up with. Mm -hmm. Tell your friends you love them. Like pick up the phone. Hey, I love you. Like Surely it's an opportunity as well to do the things that you have been meaning to do do for so long and just never get around to. There are some funny memes going around with like eight hours into quarantine. I've already cleaned out all the stuff and now what am I going to do? <laughs> anyway. Right. Side hustle central. Totally. We've got a very special guest today. Would you like to introduce yourself? Oh, okay. Just throw it to me. Yep. Right. Hey, I'm Lisa. Lisa caught up and that's where everyone can find me. It is a bit of a strange surname, so there's not many others of us out there. And I've, I guess Nat came into my orbit when I had a, a Whole Foods blog and I was sharing all sorts of things. I was raising three little children and I was wanting to do the right thing by them and I was discovering all things natural health and I really like to chat. And Nat really likes to chat. So we became friends. And right now I run my business online and I help women um, who are stuck in repeating habits and repeating stories. Uh, And I just shine a light on, you know, why that happens, why that's their brain, it's not just them, and send them forth with endless possibility and positivity into creating a life that they actually enjoy as opposed to the life that they've created for themselves, which is based on bullshit stories that they've collected about who they are and what's possible for them throughout their life. And we still stay stuck in those stories when in fact they're not relevant. So I teach people how to reprogram those stories and actually create a life that they enjoy. Brilliant. Now we jumped up, we've done many collaborations together in terms of talking. So many now. But the last time before last that we got together, we were just jamming. We're just talking actually on Instagram about midlife crisis. And I was like, why are people not talking about this? Why is it all of a sudden you get to this phase in your life and all of a sudden 
you're going through the things that you watched your parents do and you laughed at them, <laughs> but now it's your experience is not funny anymore. Like, <laughs> and so I, we obviously did get on a webinar and we just talked about it. And mm-hmm. what I guess we sort of jammed as to why that happens. And what did we conclude? Do you remember? I <laughs> Probably like, yeah, none of us know what we're doing. Um, we get to this point in our in our lives and we're like, right, okay, so uh, we don't have excuses about being in our 20s and, you know, all that. I think that there's you know, a large percentage of our audiences, Nat, who probably were having children in their 30s and experienced the new identity that goes around with that, maybe their lives became doing everything for everybody else. And then suddenly, you know, I turned 40 in September, we wake up and we're like, hmm, hang on a minute. What's actually going on here? Uh, who am I now? What What do I actually want? What? Uh, I'm not feeling so good. I'm run down all the time. I'm kind of caught on this hamster wheel that I didn't even I don't even want, but I don't know how to jump off. And, you know, why am I still feeling insecure about this and this and this when really, I mean, how long are we going to hold on to that stuff for? Like, it's time to actually just enjoy life, but we sort of are stuck a bit as well. I think we also concluded that it's definitely a time where there's more space. So there's more thoughts and there's more time for thoughts because either your children are more than likely at an age where they can at least wipe their bum and feed themselves. Yes. For many of us um, Mm. and especially for our parents at that point in time. My parents had me very young. So I guess maybe the midlife is sort of now not, we used to sort of very much confine it to 40s. Mm. But now I think it probably extend, it extends a bit further than that. Um, and But I think, yeah, it's this space that all of a sudden that you have never had because when you're mm. in your, like you said, in your 20s, you're learning who you are. And then for a lot of us in our 30s, we had babies. So it was all about them. And then you get into your 40s and you're like, oh, here we are. <laughs> um, now yeah. now what? Yeah. I think also too, you think about the people who haven't had children as well. There's mm. that that whole space of if you wanted to be a mother and that didn't happen for you, then all these ideas of what you thought your life was going to look like from there on in uh, haven't materialised and so you have to find who you are without that person that you thought you were going to be. And even if you didn't want to have children, do you love your career anymore? Do you want to do that for the next 20 years? Because let's face it, you've got to work through till 65, Mm. 70. So maybe it's just a mathematical thing that we get halfway through or we think it's about a magical number of halfway through and start looking and going, oh, hang on a minute. So before we came into this, I did a little bit of reading online, you know, got to go to all the sources because I thought there's so many stories out there about midlife, but I found this really interesting article that mentioned that there's there's actually been some um, investigation into whether midlife crisis is a biological thing as well as a social thing. And they looked at great apes and found that they actually have a period of their life that they have called a midlife crisis. So perhaps there is a biology to it. And maybe, like you say, Lisa, there's there's part of us that wants to make sure we're making the most of the time we've got here on earth. And so we have to do some evaluating along the way and maybe we're actually biologically predetermined to do that. But do you also think that we're not prepared for it? Like we don't talk about it enough. Our parents (laughs) don't talk about it with us until it happens. Because... 
Well, if you think about it, it's a complete shift of identity. And our identity is formed like between the ages of zero to seven, kind of. And so we hit a point in our life where we're like, hmm, okay, I've tried this and this and this. And I actually wouldn't know who I am without the that particular career. Or like who would Nat Kringudis be if she's not a Chinese medicine doctor or, you know, someone who helps coach health professionals? Without these things that we've attached to who we are, like we believe that that's those things are who we are, but it's not. Like we're just energetic beings making decisions, doing cool stuff and that's that. But we attach so much meaning to these parts of ourselves that the um, disruption, and and I think that we're going to be heading down that path as everyone is starting to reconsider what this life is that we've created with coronavirus, um, that who that that there's a turbulence, there's a real, um, you know, I've heard it be called disintegration anxiety as we kind of shed these parts of ourselves or these beliefs about who we are. It is a seriously uncomfortable feeling. <laughs> and so I reckon that's why you see people do random stuff or blow things up or leave relationships or buy weird cars or something. Cause it's like, I'm um, giving me something to attach to <laughs> because right now I'm feeling like this, these, this peeling away or this, this new becoming, but I hate it because our brains want predictability just to keep doing the things that they do because outside the cave, danger. Inside the cave, knowing what we know, let's just keep doing that. I reckon that's why you see people continuing and it's why the planet, like humanity as a whole, has continued down this really destructive path, even although all the warning signs are there of like, dudes, wrong way, go back. Um, This doesn't (laughs) feel good. Actually, life could feel good. Actually, there's a whole new system that could be created. But no, we will continue to try and prop up the system that is making us all sick and unwell and very unhappy. It doesn't make logical sense. It's got way more to do with our brains and just wanting to stay inside our comfort zone with what's predictable. So what do we do, though, then? Like if we know this, if this say this is, you know, we know that it happens and we know that potentially, yes, I agree with what you're saying, how do we teach our children um, some skills as to how do we get through the crazy times? Like, they're going to happen. And, I mean, Lisa's had a crazy 12 months and she got through it, but it's been crazy, right? It's been a really crazy time. So um, I separated um, from my husband last year. Beautiful man, beautiful, loving marriage, but he had some really big um big mental health challenges and um, and I had to, you know, we both made the decision that we were going to attempt to be our healthiest selves and that that was probably going to involve um, separation. He went away and did some work on himself um, and then he actually died in September um, when he was holidaying in India and I have three children. We had three children together. And I actually was thinking yesterday about um, the real unpredictability and uh, um, of of the last few years. So the lead up to this, uh, you know, it was a really it was a really sort of chaotic environment. Everything would be fine, and then everything was really not fine. And so I built this understanding of myself through that because it was really hard. 
and I would be on the floor thinking, I'm not too sure how I'm going to do this. And I would pick myself up and I would think about how to raise my vibration that day. Like what would I, what could I do that would make me feel good today? That was that. Um, how can I serve and help somebody else? What am I grateful for? And just looking for the beauty in, in amongst the moments and the lessons, like what's here for me? What am I not seeing? And I actually think that just those doing those little things in my little household and in my life has actually given me perspective on what's going to go down now and how to talk to my children and knowing that we speak our lives into existence. We get to choose the story as we go. You know, when I separated from Nick, uh, I talked about the evolution of our relationship, not the breakdown of our marriage, you know, because our words are so powerful and and we get to choose them. So I was like, well, this is just the next phase. We're just moving into a next phase, a co-parenting phase of our relationship um, for each other's best lives, even although it felt painful. So what's going to happen now is we're going to feel pain. Like people are going to be, people already are panicked. People are going to lose their jobs. Uh, It's going to cause huge, huge, huge chaos and all that we can control. And this is what I'll be telling my kids is how we feel on the inside. So there are, I did a Facebook live the other day for all of my, all of the control freaks in my community (laughs) because they're the people like, what? And I I guess I lived with this uncertainty all the time about when things could kind of not be fine anymore. And, and all I just, it, it made me get very present very grateful for each day. It helped me build an internal resilience. Uh, It helped me realise even when things don't feel fine, they still are fine and everything's going to be okay. And I think that's what we, the uncertainty is the thing that people are struggling with Mm. because we don't know how this thing is going to play out. But it's still like I, I keep on thinking all the time, this is happening for us. Most things happen for us and that might be a really sucky thing to hear for someone who's just lost their job. I was um, going to say one of what you just said is perfect for this situation because there there isn't a lot you can do and you're looking for guidance from authorities and a lot of that, like I said in the beginning, seems contradictory. So a lot of people are walking around going, I don't know what to do. I don't know whether mm. to do anything. But by just stepping back and trying to find the five things every day that you're grateful for, and it sounds all woo-woo, but it is amazing how it does give you a sense of control over what's going on in your particular life. If you can stop and go, I'm and, and you know, at the moment in Australia, the weather is extraordinary. It's the best time of year. So just get oh. outside and breathe some fresh air and spend five minutes doing that and looking at the bees. Like it just really, really bring it back to the basics. And you, I've been to the beach the last two days to just sit, just sit on the beach, just ground ourselves. Really, there's nothing much else. This is so far out of our control and it is going to play out however it's going to play out. But myself and my children, we get to choose this story for ourselves. We get, even I found myself saying, oh, the thing I'm most scared of is that I'm going to be stuck at home with my children for four <laughs> weeks. And I'm like, why, why would I just give... Why would I speak that into existence when really we could be like, wow, this is an amazing moment to pause. This is an amazing moment to reconnect. Sure, sure. I'm going to get sick of hearing the words, mum, I'm hungry. But like, <laughs> really? Is that 
the worst thing? Uh, I mean, let's really put it in perspective. Yeah, I look for what you're grateful for, ground yourself, like touch the earth any way that you can. And you can just get conscious of the thoughts that you're thinking and choose better ones. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, going back to the control thing, like you say, you can't control what's going on in the world, but actually you never can. But you can control what's going on in your little part of the world. And I was talking to my kids about the idea of staying at home and I had exactly the same thoughts as you. I'm like, they are going to be bored and it's going to drive us crazy. But at the same time, I found this great thing online that was like a, a, a structure of a day for homeschooling. And it was like first hour, take them outside, run around, go for a walk. Second hour, do something scientific or mathematical, play a game that involves thinking in those ways. Third hour, do some art and craft or some Lego. Stop for lunch. And it was this real structure and I mentioned it to my daughter who's seven and she was so excited about that idea that we could still be at home but have this structure around what she was learning, what she was doing, that I thought, well, actually, this is going to be okay. Like we can we can make this work and everybody's in the same situation. So don't feel like it's just you. Right. I actually did it, got this big sheet and got my kids to write, we, I put activities, uh, food, games, and then we had play dates, even although, let's be real, not too <laughs> sure if that's going to happen. Um, but I wanted to, like, what's all the food that we can cook together? What are our favourite meals? What are all the activities that we can do at home? And I went out and bought a whole stack of more board games and things like that because I wanted them to go to school this week thinking, okay, because uh, I wasn't sure what they'd be hearing at the schoolyard, but I just wanted their vibe to be up about whatever roles. This is going to be fun times. Yeah, totally. I totally love it. Now, there are people that will get this and then there are people that we come in contact with that we're like, oh, wow, that's a lot right now. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and how do we manage that, do you think? Because you know, well, social distancing helps, I guess. <laughs> the introverts are like, woohoo, don't have to talk to anyone. I know, right? Yep. But, but Whereas I'm it, like, how am I going to be in my home and not talk to anyone? Right. <laughs> and goodness for social media and texting and phones. But, but you know, who I'm talking about, there are people that, yeah. that yeah. really do freak out. And yep. what are we doing? I mean, I guess we have to lead by example. A collective midlife crisis. I think that's actually no, what's going but on. For real, this actually is <laughs> yes, a collective. This is. is the planet's midlife crisis. This is like, hey, you, you thought that everything was okay, but you've actually found yourself in a pretty fucked up situation that is not making you healthy and well. And you actually hate the life that you've created. And not only are you sick, the planet's sick. Let's look at a new way to do things. It actually gives us that moment, but I don't think that people are really ready to talk about that just yet. I think that they're just watching the dominoes fall and freaking out. And so what I was thinking um, with around that is to always come from a place of compassion for where anyone is because, yeah, we talk a different language. I have worked on, on mindset and um, I've been through my own journey, which gives me a certain... Um, bag of tools to call on in these times. Not everyone has that. And I think that there is um, that lemmings kind of mentality, you know, and humans, like we want to move in a pack and if we see the pack moving in a particular direction, well, we follow the pack and buy all the toilet paper. <laughs> oh my Do you know, goodness. like it's kind of crazy. 
Well, I just think that we have to accept that people are where they're going to be, but I have my own energetic bubble. So it's just like, um, it's just like anything, uh, you know, we're always interpreting the world. Like everything is interpretation. So one thing is happening and we can see it with this. One thing is happening. Some people are like, it's a cold, you know, blah, blah, blah. Other people are like, people are going to die. This is bad. Let's do something about this. Other people are like, I don't think I'm going to be able to pay my rent. I'm going to be out on the street. One thing has happened and that is this virus has appeared and it's going to have implications, but everyone's looking at it through their own lens. And that's the same with absolutely everything. You know, um, the school cancels lunch orders for a week and some parents are like, oh my God, can you believe it? (laughs) Other parents are just like, oh, bummer. More carrot sticks for you, kids. Right. So do you know what, like, everything's interpretation. So I just always have compassion for however people are um, interpreting things because it doesn't matter to me. So they can they can hit me with their interpretations, but I'm just going to stick with mine. Can we just talk to you about the way that you work with people to change something in their life? Um, I always find this fascinating that, like you say, you get caught in these ways of of thinking and holding on to things that make you feel grounded in who you are and and so on. But I think it's good if you can get to a point in your life where you go, well, what's the worst that can happen? I mean, what do you say to people to get them to change something? And how many changes do you make at once? Do you start with one and see how that feels and look, hey, you didn't disappear and the world didn't change and people are still speaking to you? And like, how, how do you, does that process play out? It's really interesting and it's funny because, um, I mean, last year for me the worst case scenario mm. played out and I'm still okay, mm. you know, and it was going to always be that way and I just held on. Like when we get attached to a certain thing and it's got to be this way, even although you can really see it can't be that way anymore, that attachment is the thing that causes us pain. So learning how to surrender to whatever is is, is ultimate freedom, I think. Um, that took me a long time to learn because I held on like a mother. Well, you know. Everybody does, as you say. Yes. But um, in terms of the process of, of, of change, so and we just hit the um, fourth week of my program called Ready for Change, and so it's amazing to see people come in sharing how, what they've, like the light bulbs that have gone off for them. And a lot of the time there's really similar themes. So what I share with people is that you're doing, you know, like picture an iceberg and, you know, that top sort of 10% is your conscious mind. So that's where analysis and thoughts and all of that sort of stuff is. Everything else, like emotions, uh, you know, habits, all of those sorts of things, Everything else is like the 90%. So most of the time we're just busy in this little 10%, not realising that the engine room of the all of the decisions that we make, like we don't consciously think I've got to get into the shower so I'm going to use my left hand to turn on that tap and just so. Then I'm going to lift my leg up and over into the shower. 
we're not. We're just, we're doing things on autopilot all the time because our brain is trying to filter. And so anything that it can just do on repeat, it'll do on repeat until you really understand that it's your subconscious that is the engine room of your life. You're going to call yourself a failure, hopeless, no willpower. If you try to change habits and you keep going back to doing the same thing because mm. you don't realize that there's actually this whole big beast that has collected every single thing that has happened to you throughout your life. And what happens is because, because that's a lot, um, our brain just attaches to certain things. And I share this um, image of, you know, like a field and, and there's just a pathway through it. You know, you can just you can just see like it's just been, it's just the way that they've walked to get mm. to the gate many, many times. And you've got to walk that many, many times in order to be able to get that pathway. So that's kind of like our brain pathways. It just wants to, it'll just take the easy route. I mean, we've got so much else to worry about. So let's just <laughs> like, you know, I don't know why. I'm, I'm just a person who always needs something sweet after dinner. Are you? Is that truly like who you are? Like as a person, no, it's just that pathway and it's just, and it's just there. And until you recognize that it's got nothing to do with you, but it's just your brain. And this is the same in terms of the thoughts we think. So people are now like, I've basically told myself I'm, my whole life that I'm not a good enough wife, not a good enough mother. I'm not good enough at work. And it's actually bullshit. So I teach people how to call bullshit on those stories because they are. They're literally stories that we've made up mm. about ourselves and mostly we've collected them from like sometimes other people. You know, like you think that when you're younger, like that child, that's my eater, always asking for seconds and so suddenly you become the big eater or that's my musical child and you're like, yeah, I am even although I actually much prefer maths, but I'm the music. So we attach, we attach meaning to all of these things. And then suddenly, this is why midlife is such an interesting time because so many of us are waking up to, hang on a minute, am I shy? Am I this? Am I that? Or are these just stories I've told myself? And then so what you get to do, because we've pretty much made it all up anyway, you can just choose new stories. And so I just give people this little framework to follow to choose new stories, but knowing that you got to repeat that over and over and over again, because, and so you don't change everything at one time. You don't try to change all of the habits. You don't try to change all the thought patterns. Pick one, reprogram. And, you know, this is why self-hypnosis and those sorts of things that go to the subconscious are so powerful. If you're not dealing with your subconscious, you're just going to keep doing the same shit over and over again. I always um, say to people that I coach, I coach people on voiceovers and stuff, and I, I find it really interesting because your voice is really connected to your sense of self. So if someone says anything to you about the way you speak or the way your voice sounds, you can feel like you're being attacked quite easily. So I always say to someone, look, I'm not attacking you. I just think that there's more you can do and I want to see what you can do. And I always say, push it as far as you can go whatever it is. So maybe you're, you maybe you want to be loud. Okay. So, so be as loud as you can be and you'll feel uncomfortable and you will feel stupid and it will be awful altogether, but you will have done it. And then you can decide between quiet and loud where you want to sit because now you know you can do the extremes. 
And I think that's similar to what you're saying too, right, is that we get really fearful to do something that feels completely opposite to what we're comfortable with. But the reality of it is that that you're not going to disappear and you might feel like a dill for a few moments, but that sense of achievement that you can be something other than what you thought is just enormous. And it's worth doing just for that feeling, I think. Oh, Literally the homework in the last week is to go into the Facebook group and share a one minute video about a story that they've recognized about themselves and what they've replaced it with. And just doing the video Mm. is the thing because they're like, whoa, I have never done a video and posted it online before. Winning. See, anything is actually possible. I work from the place of if we're being 100% responsible for ourselves. So we're not waiting for anything to happen. We're not waiting to be saved. We're not waiting for any circumstance outside us, (laughs) outside us to change. Then, and we, we just relying on us, then the buck stops with us. And that gives us back our power. I think so many of us are like, I couldn't possibly, you know, do this. I mean, I'm a mum and so I have no time. And it's like, really, are you really being responsible for the way in which you you use your time? Are you just, uh, you're just spinning a story right now. Take responsibility. If there's something that you want to do, stop just leaning on that and start thinking about what's actually possible for you if, you know, you don't have to wait for your kids to get to a certain age to be able to go to a gym or do you know what I mean? Like Mm. we have so much more And, and once you do it in one area, you start to go, what? And then it's just, it is like watching dominoes fall because anything does become possible. We've only limited ourselves, like we've, we've created our own glass ceiling because we tell ourselves what's possible or not possible for us. Once you stop, start calling, like I, I keep using the word bullshit because the hashtag is I call BS in our Facebook group. Like once you start going, hang on, no, actually I can, then it like, possibility abounds, but Mm. it's uncomfortable. It is uncomfortable because it's out like our comfort zone is called a comfort zone because, you know, it's comfortable (laughs) and anything outside it is actually where growth lies, where abundance, where, you know, change and evolution and all those good things lies. But there will always be people who choose to go, "Uh uh-uh, no can do. I'm going back into my cave because I'm safe there. But I think what coronavirus is going to teach us is like, actually, the time is now, like we're going to be uncomfortable, like it's coming at you. So how are you going to play this for yourself? What what stories will you tell yourself about how you show up for this, about what it's all for, about what the lessons are for you, for your family, for the life that you've created? And I, I mean, I think I'm a hopeless optimist. I mean, I I do tend to see the good in a lot of things against all odds. Um, Sometimes a good thing, sometimes not. But (laughs) I genuinely am thinking, you know, I think because personally I've experienced such extraordinary circumstances and been able to come through and find the lessons and thrive amongst it all, I know the human race can do it too. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think, I love all of that. 
what I want to say is that there are going to be people listening going, okay, well, okay, well, what do I need to do? Like, what do I need to do now? And I think you covered it off earlier, but I wanted to rehash when you said there were those days where you were on the floor going, okay, I need to, and do you want to just rehash what those three things were again? Well, I just think you need to firstly feel the feelings. I don't think that human beings are meant to be robots. We're going to have big feelings about this. Potentially your children will too. Validate them. Just like it it can be okay. It is a pretty scary time. I mean, we can't talk ourselves out of that, but you do have a choice about how long you stay in that. So I think sometimes we can live from emotion instead of recognizing emotions, a really cool signpost to make us realize things. We need to move like energy and motion and all of that stuff. Like God knows, I, I, don't, I don't live in a very big house, so I'm not too sure how I'm literally going to move, but um, we'll find our ways. <laughs> I'll start doing yoga by Adrian on YouTube every day. Uh, but you need to validate your emotions. You need to then sort of also ask yourself, what am I making this mean? So you can kind of step outside of your thought bubble and just look at yourself as the thinker of these thoughts and just recognize, okay, I'm going down a path here. My thoughts are my thoughts. They're always going to be there buzzing about, but I'm actually choosing to think that now. Do I need to switch my attention to something else? And that's where our power lies, I think, because it's in that coming out of the emotional bubble and panic and fear and um, anxiety and those sorts of things. So, I mean, I think grounding yourself, like trying to just be outside, I thought I'm going to go do a really big trip to Bunnings, like buy soil, literally buy soil. I've only got a little courtyard out the back and we're going to plant some things and we're going to do stuff like that. If I can get to the beach every single day, I'll do that. I'll remind myself what I'm grateful for. You know, every morning I get out of bed, I put my feet on the ground and I say thank you three times. Just thank you, thank you. And I just connect in for all the things I'm grateful for. When I drink water, I say thank you. Thanks, water. We do have good water I in just, Melbourne. It's true. We're very <laughs> lucky with our water. And But I just think we sometimes, this is going to bring us back to what's really important. So take time to reflect is what I'm going to do. Like what what what, what needs pivoting? Mm-hmm. What needs shifting my, in my own internal life? Like at the end of the day, what we create in our external world is a reflection of our internal world. And I think... As, uh, as humanity, what is happening right now is a reflection of just how off track we are. Mm. And it's up to um, us to collectively bring it back onto track. Before we go, we yes. can. what are you going to do if you're stuck at home? Well, let's not say stuck at home. If you find yourself quarantined with your family. What, I, I'm what? fortunate enough I can continue to work. Yeah, I can continue to. Work, what, what things are on your list that you haven't got to that you might? Get to. Oh, um, let's be real. TikTok is what you're going to be doing. That I see your videos. <laughs> I might do some TikToking with Olivia. She tends to love that, um, which is lovely, um, and something we can do together. Um, I actually truly don't know. You've just put me on the spot. I haven't actually thought about it. Um, I kind of am just taking each day as it comes. Mm-hmm. So I haven't put any forward thought to it, other than the only thing I have done is set up boundaries around screen time. That's the only thing I've mm-hmm. done. I said mm-hmm. that set the kids down Sunday night, Sunday morning both of them. And I'm like, okay, guys, we've got to get real about this because we're not just sitting here on iPads for the next however long. Yeah. What yeah. do you yeah. think is reasonable? 
here's what I think is reasonable. Of course, we did not agree on what we thought was reasonable, (laughs) but I put some boundaries around it. So that's the only thing that I have done, which I think then will create space to do other things that we need to get creative with. So um, I had my other plan was that if the weather permits, I want to get to the beach every day as well. That was something else that I, I, if I'm allowed to move outside of the house, I would like to do that as well, just for the benefits and the therapy of sun, sand, salt water. Mm. I think that's all really important. Do you know, I also think that we can, um, like, it kind of is, it's not actually, it doesn't feel fun to me right now. Like, I really like, my youngest started school this year. I really like them all being at school. It's a great, beautiful thing. I'm not a player with my kids. I've never really been into I think that's just being a mother. I know my mum says to me, no, my mum, she's like, I, because my parents play all these games with my children, all these imaginary games. It is extraordinary. And whenever I pick them up, I think, oh, I'm just, I'm rubbish. Mum says, I never did it with you because when you're the mum, you've got all the things to do and you don't have the headspace to do the imaginary stuff. Well, I think we probably forget as well because exactly that, when the grandparents come over and it's all fun, Mm. they do all the fun things. And then they go home. And then they go home. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So anyway. Exactly. But I think like we get to also choose, like, so. So I'm not going to take on that story of this is going to suck hairy no. dog balls. I'm just going to think like if I'm if I'm going to do this, how is it going to be most fun for me? Yeah, I so I'm like I'm committed to getting them to learn to cook. Yep, a yes. few little bits and pieces, yes. and and just think, yeah, what are those things that I've been putting off? Yeah, I think it's a great time to learn some independence. I'm going to be a- doing some embroidery because Ooh. I like doing Ooh. embroidery. Embroidery, there you yeah. go. Yep, there you go. Excellent. You, you can see my, my creations on my Instagram page. I will be looking. If you like a donut made out of felt, I'm your woman. Hilarious. I would love a felt donut. Thank I'll you make very you much. I'd love that. Excellent. <laughs> Lisa, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today. We've had a great... Absolute pleasure. Great time. Sorry for the door Happier. creaking in the background. Oh, that's okay. That's okay. Before we go, um, we are so more excited than ever to be able to encourage you to listen to other episodes oh, because you might have some time to do goodness, that. Absolutely. Um, and please leave us a review. We love that. And we do love stars as well. And once you've done that, I mean, you know, then share it with someone. No, that's it. That's all you've got to do. Like, <laughs> that's all you leave need a review, to do. leave five stars and share it with someone that might find this useful. Um, but we do have a review. Cecilia. Yeah, this is yes. a cutie. Go for it. A cutie. Every podcast that is relevant to me is always on point for timing. Love this podcast, ladies. You bring me back up when I'm down. Aww. Her name was, oh, always on point. Oh, that's a good name. I wanted it to be always on time. Always on time. <laughs> <Gave> you. <laughs> Karaoke. That's anyway, what we're going to get from That's now. what we could be doing, although that I'm not sure about brilliant. that. brilliant. Thank oh. you. And I'm glad it brings it brings person up, uh, yes. always on whatever. Yes, yep. yes. Well, this has been a, another great episode, we think, anyway. Mm. We can like, blow our own horn. Absolutely. And this time I think we are feeling a little bit happier. Yes, healthier. And better. 